welcome to Couple of Idgets, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we watch a show, Supernatural. I am your host, Dan. And I'm his co-host, Penny. Wow, a little late on that cue. <laughs> it happened. Well, you say, usually you say, and with me is... So I was kind of waiting for that. It never happened. Didn't I, I say that? No, you didn't. I'm your host, Dan. And then you just stopped. Oh, I didn't. I didn't say that. And with me as always. <laughs> nope. Oh, we're never gonna get this opening right. I was kind of okay. Took yep, a my bad. Beat or two to respond. <laughs> my bad. I didn't. I didn't follow through on the script. Okay, so we watched an episode today called Croatoan, um, but. Like, that's a thing, right? Yes, it is a thing. Can you give us some Croatoan background before <laughs> we watch this? Yes. Um, there was a colony of Brit- British settlers in Roanoke, well, near what is now Roanoke, Virginia. And um, in 1587, they were there, uh, but they were running out of supplies, and so one of the first people that settled there, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, returned to England to get more supplies, more people. But unfortunately, when he got back to England, the Spanish-British war was going on. So it wasn't until three years later that he finally came back to the settlement with the supplies and people, and the settlement was completely empty. The only thing they found was a word Croatoan carved into a tree. And so... To this day, nobody knows exactly what happened to this this colony. They still call it the Lost Colony. There has been speculation that either they were massacred by Native Americans, the local Native American tribe that was there, or there was a tribe of Native Americans living on another island called um, the Croatoan Island that they think that possibly that to survive, the settlers just kind of merged in with this Native American population because they were friendly with the settlers and that's what they had to do to survive. Otherwise, they might not have survived just on what they had because, hey, they were new to the area. Yeah, wasn't there like um, reports of blue-eyed Indians in that area then too? Yes, there have. So I, I, I would assume that, because Jesus, you're on the settlement the guy takes off, all right, I'll be back in six months or nine months, however long. I'll be back, more stuff, don't worry, hang tight. I mean, after two years, you'd be like, all right, dude, that dude's not coming back. I mean, Nobody knows we're here. Let's just fold shop and go hang out with our buddies, the Indians. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long they waited because of the fact that well, no if one he, had contact with them until, you know. Yeah, yeah. Three years later, he gets back, and he's, I mean, I'd be shocked if they were still there. Right, and I guess one of the one of the people that was there was his granddaughter. Her name was Virginia Dare, um, and she was the first English person born on American soil, so she could have run for president when she turned 35. <laughs> well, I think it's still quite a few years away till the Constitution. From yes, that, it was. But, um yeah, I always I always assume that they just folded in with those Indians. I, I don't know why it's such a huge mystery. They told them where they, they left behind a note where they were going. And it's three years, because then the big thing I hear is, there was nothing left. Okay, well, it was three years later. If you had the makings of a couple of nice log cabins there, 
uh, they're probably going to pick him up, throw him on a boat, and take him back over to that other island where they were living then. And it's not that there wasn't anything there. There is still a settlement there. Just the people were gone. Oh, I thought the whole settlement had vanished. Oh, like, no, no. There was no, no buildings or no trace. No, no, no. There was... Everything was still there, just the people. You know, another thing is that possibly a disease wiped them out. But I tend to, I tend to believe that they just merged with the, the local Native American tribe that was there. That seems to me to make well, the most sense. It, yeah, I mean, if a disease took them out, then there'd be no evidence, really. Nature just well, eats itself so quickly. When something's dead in the woods, it vanishes. That's true, but if it was a disease or they were massacred, they would have found bones or something at least where they found nothing. So that's what really makes me believe that it was the fact that they just merged merged with that tribe. Yes. Very interesting. Well, uh, we'll see if that legend comes into play. I don't know. Do you call that a legend or just a historical? Well, it's a historical thing. fact. It's just a historical mystery, actually. Uh, okay, so we start the show off, and it's like it's not slow motion, uh, Dean, but it's like stop motion, Dean. It's like strobe effect. Yes, it was. It's really annoying. We see him with a gun go into a room with a bunch of other people that we've never seen before. There's some blonde-haired, ugly kid who's <laughs> in a chair pleading for his life, saying, it's not in me, it's not in me. And then Dean shoots a couple of times, and then Sam wakes up. It was all just another stupid premonition. <laughs> Stupid premonition. <laughs> I, I, I'm really getting sick of premonitions and flashbacks and people sleeping. and I don't know. It because people like just don't really sleep for real. Well, it's like it's used as a plot device everywhere, it seems. Right. And so, yeah, Dean walks in the motel room and it kind of wakes Sam up and Sam tells him about this vision. And so the next time we see him, they're in baby and they're headed to Oregon because in Sam's vision, he saw a sign that mentioned Crater Lake and the name of this town. And I guess the only town that had a Crater Lake by it with that name it was in Oregon. Yeah. Uh, Dean wants more information on this premonition, too. He, he's really into the details of it. Uh, he gets some more details. I mean, Sam just tells him what happens, and then they end up salty at each other. They, they end up salty at each other a lot. The next morning, uh, their car pulls up. It does have some uh, road salt on it, so they need to uh, go through a car wash pretty soon. I did notice also, that this. I did notice that this episode too. Usually, I don't pay attention to that, but I did notice. Yep, baby needs a bath. And when they get out, they kind of pan around, typically to show you kind of what the town folk look like. Did you notice every vehicle in town was like? pre-50s they were a lot of older vehicles yes everything looked really old it was like a twilight i, I at first i was like okay did they come back in time to some <laughs> town that stuck or like what the hell why has everyone got an old but i mean it never comes up again it's just how they set dressed it they didn't put any cars newer than 55 well they had the impala that's a 67 but you're right they they didn't have any modern 2006 models laying anywhere around no and it was like <laughs> there was three junkyards right on the main drag too <laughs> or three three accouters body shops <laughs> uh they so they uh sam and dean are acting like marshals and start to ask around um they're looking for this guy in the premonition 
And they go up to this guy named Sarge, um, some dude that was in the military. And immediately they figure out that who he's describing is Dwayne Tanner. Yes, and Sam did mention that when they first pulled up and he looked at Sarge, he was, oh, that man was in my vision also. So that's why they assumed he probably knew who the other person was in the vision and went up and asked him if he knew who it was. And yes, he did. And he told him, yes, Dwayne Tanner, and that he was on some fishing trip. Yep, the dude gives him directions, tells him where he's on his fishing trip at. Uh, so they're, while they're walking back to Baby, I believe Sam finds Croatoan uh, carved into an electric pole. And then they, uh, it, it, then it was one of those scenes where then Dean has no idea what Croatoan is, so Sam has to go over the, the, uh, the story to get him up to speed and the audience up to speed. <laughs> It was a very much, okay, you people out there might not know this, but let's go through it really quick and give everyone the background of Croatoan. Well, Sam asked Dean, you know, what about history class in school? <laughs> Dean says, yeah, school. I know how bills are made and uh, all this other stuff. And I can't remember what else he said, but Sam says, Dean, that wasn't school. That was Schoolhouse Rock. So any of us, my generation and Dan's generation remember what school Schoolhouse Rock was. Yeah, he mentioned I'm just a Bill, and then I forget what the other episode was, but it was another real popular one. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I kind of forget now what what the other one oh, yeah, was. Yeah, I forget but. which one which one it was. I'll have to go back and look. Well, anyway, because they kind of don't know what's going on, they thought they maybe need to call Bobby or Ellen for help, but unfortunately, no cell reception. Uh, they go to a payphone, and guess what? That doesn't work either. Well, they're trying to call them in because they think this whole thing might be related. Croatoan wrote on the poll and the premonition. They're like, come on, it's a crazy story, and I got a crazy premonition. That's why we got to get these other people involved. Yep, and nothing works. Um, so the boys go to a cabin uh, where they're looking for that Dwayne Tanner kid. I guess they found his fishing spot. No, that was his house. Oh, okay. His, okay. Parent, uh, his parents' Oh, house. yeah, that was, that was just his house. Uh, his brother answers the door, um, tries blowing him off a bit. Dad comes to the door then, but then their stories don't mash up about Mom being home or not. Brother said Mom was home, and then Dad said Mom was out. So when Sam and Dean go back to the car, they're like, whoa, that was weird. Yeah, they thought something was very suspicious and didn't trust those two. So they go creeping back up to the house and peek in the windows, and we see the dad cutting the son on the arm, and mom's tied to a chair, and then they drip blood on mom? Right. She also had a cut on her arm, and so, yeah, they dripped uh, blood into her open cut. So Sam and Dean break down the door and start shooting up the place. They shoot dad through the chest, or in the back two times, the son leaps out the window and takes off running. Uh, Sam is reluctant to shoot him dead as he flees. Yeah, he didn't uh, pull the trigger where he could have. Dean wasn't very happy about that. Uh, the ne next we see Sam and Dean and Mom. Um, they're all sitting in the front seat of the Impala, and Mom needs a doctor. So they go into the clinic in town. And while Mom and Dean are in there, then Sam hauls in the dead guy. Well, Mom and Sam were in there. Dean dolls it, hauls in the dead guy. Right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Dean hauls in the dead guy. Okay. Um, Mom then is in the back and telling the nurse what happened, and she's crying. She's like, oh, my God, my 
son and my husband, they had me tied up. He's like telling this horrific story. And the nurse is just like, holy Jesus. Um, and she like also, they had the devil in them. Right. That's what I was going to say. She made the comments like they had the devil in them. So that made Sam and Dean think, huh, possible demon possession. Group demon possession is what they're pinning this down to now. But the only thing about that is when a demon possesses someone, you could shoot him as many times as you want. That's not going to, well, it's going to kill the body, but the, the demon will still keep the body alive as long as they need to use it. Plus, when the father went down, the demon did not smoke out, so that's why they're thinking this is some kind of possible weird demon possession. Yep, the doctor at this time uh, interrupts him and says, hey, the phones are out. And Dean's like, all right, we got to call in some reinforcement here. Where's the next local town? And you guys stay here. I'm going to go find some help. Dean takes off. Um, what, what my uh, man, my notes here. Finds a car loaded and a gun show. Oh, yeah, while Dean's driving along, he finds a car that's shot up full of holes and there's a body missing. Like, it would look like it was a murder scene. There's also a knife on the ground. So you notice that people were cutting each other there, too, <laughs> in all this. Yeah, there were lots of blood in the car, but no, no bodies, no people. Back at the doctor's office, she's starting to run blood work, and she can tell that this guy was fighting off some sort of infection. It was weird, unlike the, anything she'd ever seen before, and the blood had the residue of sulfur. Which, again, kind of made it sound that it was involving some sort of demon. So Dean leaves that shot-up car with his new pocket knife, I'm guessing, <laughs> and he runs across the roadblock. It's all of the popular people from town. Including the kid that got it, that Sam let get away. Yep. And they let him know, hey, there's a quarantine. You can't leave. And uh, the local, like, little just town deputy tries to get Dean out of the car. Uh, Dean doesn't fall for it and gets away. Mm -hmm. At the, the clinic, the doctor tests mom. Um, mom bro breaks out with a strobe cam. What? Oh, yeah. Once So the doctor goes to test mom if she's infected. And then, yeah, it goes into that whole stop motion cameras. Then the mom attacks the doctor. Right. Yeah, she would, the doctor wanted to take her. her so she's got the rage virus. She's got the rage virus. She attacks the doctor and Sam. Um, they managed to survive that. It looks like they, they overpowered her or whatever. Um, and then we cut back to Dean and he's driving back and he runs into Sarge again and Sarge is in the, st in the road pointing a gun at him and tells him his, his neighbor, Mr. Rogers, he had to kill him. So then Dean's like, wait, you have a neighbor called Mr. Rogers? But anyway, Mr. Rogers was attacking him, so he had to kill him. All right. So then Sarge gets into the car with Dean uh, back at the clinic, the nur nurse is getting nervous about getting the virus. Um, she's, and Sam says, don't worry, help's arriving soon. And right at that point, Dean and Sarge show up. Yeah, the nurse wanted to leave. She wanted to check on her boyfriend, but Sam's like, trust me, you're safer in here with me than you are out there with those quasies. Sam and Dean compare notes, and they figure out that this is a demon virus that they're dealing with. 
and Sam wants to go warn the others. Uh, Dean wants to kill the infected mom. Well, they both kind of decided to, um, them and Sarge, uh, decided to, um, we see that Sam had locked her in some sort of closet. Of course, when he unlocks the closet, um, she's like, oh, what are they doing? Well, I'm not infected. They are. Tries to talk Sarge, whose real name is Mark, into not shooting her. And so he can't do it. So, yeah, Dean just puts a couple bullets in her. She's done. She's taken care of. Next is Dark and Sam and Dean load up the nurse. And uh, the nurse goes back to freaking out. The disguise, the guys discuss that they're outnumbered uh, with all the other infected people in town and that they need some explosives. Right. They saw that there are people outside and so they didn't want to risk trying to escape and having the crazies out there attack them possibly. Sam does notice that there are chemicals that they can make some sort of explosive with because they don't have any bombs with them at the time. The Dwayne, the guy from the premonition, he shows up and he reports that he saw awful things. He saw people like dragging each other out of their houses and then cutting each other with knives to swap blood. Sounds like a pretty rough time. <laughs> uh, but the Dwayne, Dwayne has a cut, so they tie him up because they're afraid that he's got the demon rage virus. Dean, Sam wants to wait to kill him. Dean just wants to kill him right away. And Sam and Dean once again are salty with each other and fight over the moral dilemma, whether to kill him now or later. Yeah, Dean, I mean, Dean doesn't want to wait because we found out from Sarge that the longer a person's infected, the stronger they get. So Dean's thinking, well, we got to kill him, Dwayne, now before he gets so strong that he overpowers us. And Sam's like, no, we just got to wait. So he actually locks Sam out of the room when he walks into the room where Dwayne and Sarge and the doctor and nurse are. Yeah, now it's actually playing the beginning all over again. We're seeing the premonition actually then play out. Dwayne pleads with Dean, um, but Dean doesn't actually fire his gun. He lets him live. Uh, next we see Sam building Molotov cocktails, and the doctor clears Dean from Dwayne from being infected. It's been like four hours, and Dwayne still isn't infected. Right, she doesn't notice any of the virus or sulfur residue in his blood, so... They untie him because he's cool. Sam asks Dean why he spared his life. And Dean doesn't really, uh, yeah, I put it. Sam asks Dean why he didn't shoot, and Dean doesn't really answer him. At this point, the nurse attacks Sam and cuts him. Dean walks into the room, shoots the nurse, and the nurse bleeds all over. <laughs> well, first, uh, Sam went into this room. It was a dispensary because they were going to get. He was going to get more alcohol to make these bombs or Molotov cocktails. And she follows him in, or maybe she was already in there. I don't really remember. Locks Sam in, and then yeah, she attacks Sam, cuts him, then cuts herself and bleeds in his cut. Well, they. Uh Everyone argues then about if they need to kill Sam now, if he's infected or not. Dean tells everyone to leave and uh, just take his car and all their weapons and explosives and fight their way out of town. And uh, so they split. Uh, Sam tells Dean to leave with him, but Dean refuses to leave. Um, Dan, Dean, at this point, as they're all leaving, tells the doctor that they're not actually marshals. And the doctor's like, oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> So Sam and Dean are just left together. Dean, again, refuses to live. 
Dean refuses to live, you mean leave. Leave, but <laughs> he is, he basically is, he refuses to live because he goes in, tells Sam that he's tired of the job, tired of life, tired of it all. He's sick of it. So whatever happens is going to happen. Yeah, he said he doesn't want to go on without Sam. And at that point, the doctor comes back uh, to the room, says you got to come out and see this. We go outside and there's no one there. The town is empty. And the next morning, after five hours, we find out that Sam is not infected. We see Duane and Sarge packing up a truck, and they're leaving town. And Dean is basically kind of left scratching his head with, okay, what now? Because there's nothing to fight, really. Everything just vanished and stopped. Right. He said he felt like this was the one that got away. But after Duane and Sarge leave, the doctor said she was going to try to get to the next town and get some authorities up there and try to figure out what happened. Um, she did not know why Sam was immune. It seemed like no one knew why Sam was immune. Um, but pretty soon they get into baby and they head out of town. Next we see Duane and Sarge. They're uh, in the pickup. Duane asks Sarge to pull over because he's got to make a phone call. Sarge says, hey, you can't get any cell reception up here. Well, at this point, then we know it's the demon cell phone, <laughs> uh, the, go- the face goblet or goblet of faces, whatever they call it. <laughs> he uh, pulls out the little stabby throat knife, sticks Sarge in the throat, puts blood in there. Then he uh, makes his demon phone call and uh, says the Winchester boy is immune as expected. Everything went according to plan. There's nothing left over. Mm-hmm. Next, then we see Sam and Dean. They're just sitting lakeside enjoying a couple of beers. And uh, Sam pleads for Dean to explain himself. Like, what was all that talk last night about you tired with life and the job and everything? And Dean basically just says that he wants to go visit the Grand Canyon and take a vacation. And he also then reveals that right before Dad died... He told him about Sam, dot, 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 cliffhanger. End of episode. Yeah, Dad warned me. Oh. Dad told me something about you. Yeah, Dad told me something. I put J told D about S. <laughs> that means John told Dean something about Sam. But yes, the episode ended before Dean let Sam know exactly what it was that John said about Sam. But they're still scratching their heads. Sam's like, I don't know why I was immune. Dean doesn't know why he was immune. At this point, nobody knows why Sam was immune to this virus. But it was what the demon expected, so I'm sure it's got something to do with that. Yeah, well, that's good news for the demon, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't disappointed that day. Yay, him. (laughs) All right, so that's that. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to add to it? No, I can't really think of anything. Um, you know, just for shits and giggles, if you want to look up that Roanoke colony that disappeared and kind of get some history on that, it's pretty interesting. Like I said, all the different theories out there as to what happened to those people. Um, other than that, yeah, no, that's about it. Yeah, I really don't have much to add either. We talked about that at the beginning of the episode. Right. What's the name of the next episode? Um, episode 10. It's called Hunted. Hunted, all right. Sounds interesting, so we will watch that tomorrow. It sounds very vague to me. Lots of things get hunted. Sam and Dean are hunters. I'm assuming that they're that it's Sam and Dean who will be the hunted. Possibly. Because, I mean, 
hunted. That would just refer to every episode that they're looking <laughs> for something else. Right, that's true. If you're going to put it in the second person or whatever that would be. Everything is hunted on this show. All right, then. Uh, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Visit our website at coupleofidgets.com. We stream on all of the neato platforms that the kids are in, too. So subscribe. <laughs> It'd be cool. Tell your friends about us. Um, it'd be better you know, if we had some more fans. That would be wonderful if we had more fans. We'll get there. We've we got to record these first. This is true. We'll be famous long after we're done recording. Every single episode. How did you talk? Um, I just thought it was something I wanted to do, and you agreed. So there you have it. I didn't even have to twist your arm. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> have a good day. Bye. Bye.